Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Dad, did you feed the dogs? Today we will talk about authenticity. So if you haven't noticed, we're kind of recording here and there as uh, life allows. Uh, So you may get a a, uh, couple of episodes one month and one the next. So um, thanks for sticking around and listening and enjoying these and and, uh, thinking about these topics with us. So Today, um, as I said, is authenticity, and so Tom's going to start us off and kind of give us a description of uh, what we're going to discuss today. Take it away, Tom. So when I was a youth minister in the evangelical world, you know, old said many times for 10 years, the church I was at the longest, um, there was a kid in my youth group who went from 6th grade through 12th grade that I had known well, seventh grade through twelfth grade, and I had known at camp before that since they were in elementary school, and the whole time I knew this kid, um, she was, uh, you know, super athletic, uh, more athletic than all the boys, and and I I didn't make any judgments for anybody or try to decide, but it seemed like that um she was gay and uh i didn't know of course and uh and i wasn't deciding for anybody but but because of the way that church was because of their beliefs and because of the way they um those beliefs got applied i knew that as soon as she you know graduated high school that she would be, uh, she wouldn't be able to come back. Anyway, because the way that church was, I all, I knew that when she graduated and got off to school, that she probably wouldn't come back. And that wasn't a new thing. I mean, lots of kids never went back to church because they questioned things. But I was, you know, ninety percent certain, and it was true. And it always bothered me because we'd always sang this song, um, you know, we all sang it just as I am growing mm-hmm. up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and these were all of the people, this was her, and, and, and it wasn't just her, all the kids at this church, it was a really tight-knit group. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was their entire, because of the way, you know, the evangelical world is, especially in those smaller churches, Right. her whole community. Like that she had known from birth through, you know, high school. Yeah. And, and that just really bothered me. The more I thought about it, the more I lived with that, that that we, I had been a part of um, creating a community and growing up in it. And, you know, I didn't create it, but I was, I was a leader in it, but I was part of a community where there were certain you couldn't authentically you basically 
let's say for the sake of argument that that's um, a sin, you know, I, I think that's not the case, but let's say that it is. Um, you just had to lie hmm. to be a part of that community. If you went out and had a beer that weekend with your buddies, you'd have to either like go forward on Sunday or just pretend like it didn't happen. Hmm. Basically, it encouraged you the the way the the way the rules were applied or the standard of life was applied. You just had to be dishonest or walk away. If you ever were in, in a struggle or you were ever questioning anything. And it struck me a lot lately um, because we recently had the Sermon on the Mount and on Sunday morning's readings and how Jesus is calling us to line up our inner life and our outer life mm -hmm. to get them in line. Anyway, I'm just kind of, but I preached on it and it really struck a chord. I've never had so many comments about a sermon of so many people saying, um, you know, that was their experience and that they, walked away from the church some some for decades because of an experience like that in church. Hmm. So I had one, um, and uh, I had a story that I'll share where um, a couple was getting married, and um, the uh, it was asked, well, you know, you know, they're they're in counseling maybe, or, or they're in counseling. And they uh, didn't come to church, but um, and this is decades ago. And uh, the pastor asked why, and is like, "Well, you know, because we, you know, smoke, and we didn't want to be hypocrites and come to church." And there's this block in our minds of, well. Um, I say there's this block in their minds. There's a block in some minds of like, well, I've got to be pure and clean before I show up for church. I mean, it sounds like the same kind of thing, the same kind of mentality. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That word hypocrite is used a lot for a reason. Right. When people are walking out the door. <laughs> right. Right. Hmm. So, um, you know, I think that is one of the biggest challenges that people have when it comes to faith is, is that one, there's a particular branch of Christianity in the American church, which focuses a lot on are all of your outward actions, right? And right. We've decided what the outward actions are or are not supposed to be. And I've mentioned this a thousand times. My, my grandmother could play dominoes, but not cards. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and at some point, they had decided dominoes were okay, but cards is, is like gambling, so it's wrong. <laughs> and, um, and and so I, 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 think, I think the challenge becomes one is, is that a lot of times rules are written at a particular time and a particular place. I mean, this is one of these challenges that we have right when we go back and we read like the laws of the Old Testament is that 
that some of them made a whole lot of sense in the culture in which they were living or were, mm-hmm. or, or were um, addressing issues where they lived. Um, and, you know, and, and this is why we get into these kind of silly arguments like, well, you know, well, then if you're going to think that, then, you know, you better not eat meat either. Or, cut or, your hands off and don't wear this thread count. Or something. <laughs> um, so I think that one of the challenges always with religious rules is that, that sometimes they're addressing issues at a particular place mm-hmm. at a particular time. Right. I mean, this is reading Paul's letters. You know, Paul's addressing particular fights and we try to universalize it sometimes in ways that are not as helpful. And part of the problem is none of these rules are written down. Right. Like people might say they are. They might have this list in their head of scriptures that they've compiled themselves in their mind. But there's no agreement among leadership. It's just like everybody's walking around with this assumed list in right. their mind. Right. And they're and and I don't like how we often toot our own horn on this on our podcast. But toot. <laughs> the, the only time I've to me the genius of Anglicanism as a whole and it. <laughs> yes i'm gonna just say it (laughs) it's the only way i've seen it make sense because um when when you are in the and and when you're in the evangelical world churches are united by shared belief in other words you get a group of people together and they agree on this list that's in their head often unspoken hmm and and it takes a lot of argument to hash that list out, you know, and a lot of church splits. But and then you narrow it down to the group who's got the same list in their head they agree on that you agree on. But the whole idea, and it's not because of our genius, it's because we um, were trying to get Protestants and Catholics in England to get along, and we failed miserably at it. But it's an accident of history. But we have this. Um, we're united by our practice and our liturgy, not our the list we have in our head. Mm. Although I mean, I'm going to push back, Tom. I don't have you're surprised. So <laughs> I know that's the role on this podcast. Every I know. I know. <laughs> so so we recently had the the Super Bowl, and there was a, a, a series of ads. He gets us, and it's about. You know, how Jesus understands who we are, what we're going through, that kind of thing. And the number of Episcopalians who lost their mind because it was partially funded by Hobby Lobby and Hobby Lobby are the wrong kind of Christians. And so therefore, the whole project is suspect and wrong and evil and horrible is we all create we all create these rules. Hmm. I'm not saying, yeah, I, that's ridiculous. No, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, like, Great ads. I, I think it's easy for us to sit there and go, ha ha, we don't, you know, you're allowed to, you know, drink a beer and still come to church on Sunday. But we also create our own rules that, right. right? And so I just, I mean, I, part of that is, is I think that 
that institutions, I mean, part of it is, is that you sort of have, that there's some aspect of it, which is good, which is, is that there's, there's a way of, in which we understand a way of being. Yes. All right. So, so an example would be, let's say somebody at church, right? We have a rule that you probably, if you're an adult, you don't talk at a loud voice throughout the entire service at somebody. Right. Um, you know, I know that's sort of an extreme example, but but we do all have rules about how we expect people, you know, to behave. Yes. And and so there's always a tension there between what are those sort of good guidelines or helpful guidelines versus those which then, you know, become harmful. So obviously, I would say that someone being able to live out who God made them to be, that would be a bad rule if you're trying to squash that. But we all have rules. We all have rules. And what I was going to say, what I should have added is, I think that we are the worst at understanding our own system and applying it. I mean... My anyway, I'm not saying that we're guilty of it, but I, I've, I'm just shocked by. I was shocked by how many people um, spoke to me about my sermon. Uh, just edit all that last part out, Justin. Why? <laughs> I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm still working through all this in my head, but, um. Because it's something I I had forgotten about, but you're right. It's definitely it's definitely a problem that we have as well. It's just we have our own little pet issues. Right. And part of part of the reason you saw that reaction though, Everett, is there are so many people um, who were beat up by those churches, mm-hmm. and then when they see an ad that says he gets us, it. They don't hear that as really being about Jesus. They hear that as being about the places that made those ads. Right. And, and they, and that's what they're pushing back against because they didn't feel that um, recognition when they were there. Right. Um, and I feel that, and, and I, um, my non-believing <clears throat> friends uh, did, did the same. Um, not all of them, a couple, uh, jumped on and said, Hey, you know, um, you know, Christians spent $20 million on these ads. They also spent, you know, that kind of money trying to get Rovis's weight overturned, you know, and stuff like that. And, 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 um, you know, these are the same people do your research and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I mean, that's their, you know, they can go and do that. That's, that's, you know, if you put yourself out there, it's going to be part of it. Um, and, and right, I was, and I, and just, I was talking about Episcopalians, not non-believers. No, I know. I know. I just wanted to say that Christians weren't the only ones in an uproar, um, right. over it. So it's, it's a, it's an open field, uh, especially when you're going to throw something out during the Super Bowl. Um, and you know what? The message of the, uh, commercials was great. 
<laughs> it really was. I mean, uh, from what I saw, I don't, I didn't, I maybe saw two, something like that. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and I didn't go digging. I just, it's just, yeah. I, it's not my thing. I don't, I just don't do that. Um, cause some of, someone will bring it to light for me, <laughs> you know, and things like that. I don't have to worry about that. Um, especially when it's a Super Bowl ad. Um, but you know, with all that said, and I thought about this and I, and I still choose to stay Christian and those people are still Christian and, you know, as Christ followers, you just, they have their rules and I have mine and we have ours and it is absolutely a human thing that I don't ever see us uh, leaving behind because it's impossible. And it's so impossible that even the most ridiculous things can become assumed rules. And I hope that maybe we have the... There's love tied into this. There's also just a wisdom to recognize what is. But I remember a new person coming into a church once, and he walked into the nave or the sanctuary, which is whatever you refer to it, where <laughs> where you gather and hear the sermon, um, and it, wearing a hat. And <laughs> someone went over to him and made him remove his hat. It's the first time the person ever walked into a building, and it was like, what? Was it the bishop with his pointy hat? (laughs) Get it off. (laughs) That looks ridiculous on you. (laughs) Every time time I see the bishop, I'm like, how does he get away with it? (laughs) I couldn't have done that when I was a kid. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Justin, that's a great. I mean, I had I had somebody who was upset because someone wears a hat, and I just said, you know what, he's here. Or, or, or yeah. people would say, well, you know, why are they bringing their coffee into the to the sanctuary? You shouldn't bring coffee. This isn't a coffee shop. And I'm like, well, they're here, right? So I don't make a big deal about that. But you know what, if he like, you know, if somebody came in and like lit up a joint or um, right. started their pipe or something. I, I might sit, sit there and go, oh, yeah, I don't, you, you know, so, you know, are there, are there right rules and are there wrong rules? And, um, and I think it's, a, I think that comes down to something that happens within each community that gathers. Um, and which means too, that the outside communities, may not understand it. Um, it may not even be something that's denomination, but it you got to also understand that it could be something to where what, the outside community, communities are going to view you as a toxic community or something along those lines. Um, I mean, I think we seek to love. Um, but, you know, it's kind of funny too, because think about this, and I'm not justifying this, but the guy who went over and asked the other guy to take his hat off, He's got one job <laughs> in his head. He has one job. He's the usher, and that was his job to go to that guy and be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> poor guy," um, you know. And so it's an interesting thing, and I just—it's just—it's hard. It's hard when there's no when the rules aren't written down. When you go to a swimming pool, 
you know the rules, right? They're written on the outside of the gate, and they're right there. No bottles, no alcohol, this and that, no running, blah, blah, blah. You got it. When you walk into church, we don't post our rules. Um, and I, Go ahead. Speaking of, I remember one time my, my daughter, I can't remember which daughter it was. Um, I think it's probably my middle one. Um, who asked, well, why is it that girls can't um, have to wear a top mm. at the swimming pool? It's not a and rule. she was like, well, you, Conrad doesn't. And I'm like, I don't know. That's just the rule. <laughs> well, if she lived in Austin, she wouldn't have to. I was going to say, is that still a rule in Oklahoma or not? <laughs> um, well, so... I think that it all comes down to vulnerability and being able to like not be afraid Hmm. because we all have our rules, but the thing that makes us gets our, our hairs up and start to, you know, try to enforce them or, or to run people off or be, it's usually because fear takes over. And oh, yeah. we're worried about some, some slippery slope we've created in our, our brains. But if we, though, it, it's a, we have to constantly check ourselves and say, am I making this decision because I'm afraid of this thing in my head? Or am I comfortable with people being who they are and moving at their own pace and I mean that's the only way it can be a safe place is if we're we're honest with how who we are and how we're broken and how we fail and and how we're we're still moving and uh, let other people be that way as well does that make sense yeah I like that you mentioned fear um, because I think that that can play a lot into this, um, you know, and, and if we go down into the human psyche more, um, which is a dangerous place, but you know, if Bud's going out and drink, Bud, whoever, <laughs> Bud, I didn't pick a name, uh, is going out and drinking a beer on Saturday night and then coming to church the next morning, just like I am. And I stayed in on Saturday night and I read my Bible, then by God, <laughs> I'm going to make sure everybody knows but what Bud's doing when in reality <laughs> sure would like to be out having a beer on <laughs> Saturday night. You know, there's a there's that lopsidedness too. There's a control, there's fear, and there's all these things that I I can't say I've given a lot of thought to my past and and identified those things, um but I know myself and I will react to fear in that way and try and set the rules for everybody out of fear. Um, and so why wouldn't we do that within the church as well? Sorry, I've got a dog that's got a squeaky toy in here. So I'm trying to appease her. Well, and, and I think, you know, I mean, I think this is why it's, I mean, one, um, you know, like the a and in, in, in AA, you go there, you know, hi, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And if we had took that similar posture in the church and said, hi, my name is Everett and I'm a sinner. 
right? That 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 if we just all if we could have a space where we can admit that we're not perfect and we don't have all our stuff together, then you can create this sort of environment in which you can then have conversations about about boundaries or you know how we as a community operate um because everyone is is on the same place like like i don't have my life together either and so this is not about Mm. some sort of abstract rule that we're trying to impose upon you but rather you know we as a community you know this is you know we we don't we don't talk out loud during while the preacher's preaching you know and i feel like we've gotten away from authenticity sort of in this and but i'm glad you brought that up everett because i feel like if we all had um and when i'm in my be- when when i am my best self i can have that kind of compassion because as i man i want to use the word mature <laughs> um as, but as i get older i recognize that people do not learn unless it's through their own experience. Mm. That is something that I am just, that is just, I am being, um, what's the word? Prof, profilist. I can't say it this morning. Um, but that's just what I'm recognizing. And so if I have and recognize in my own life that all of my failures uh, that I can fall down any, at any point, and go down any any slippery slope and recognize that, then when I see this behavior that could produce fear, I could try and control from others. Instead, I am empathetic to it. And I offer my compassion and love and just love the person as opposed to, well, you can't because I've seen it in my own life. And I think that's a place that that I'm not at in no in, but it like I said when I'm in my best self at, at uh, then maybe I can um, but I think that's the place we have to move to even get a, a centimeter beyond this if you will I don't know something like that so you know the parable of the uh, of the I guess it's not really terrible, but Jesus says, you'll know them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like authenticity is something you can see like the fruit. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how to define it. I'm not, and, and Everett's right. We're not any better at it than God, no, than others, but but it it is it is it's hard to capture and, but it is but when you when you you see it when you when you see it you know it you know what i mean yeah. um it's easier to explain what it's not than what it is but well i think i think this is one of these things like the christian you know i mean if if anyone's followed sort of the story of the revival at asbury and you know there's there's some people who are just immediately suspect like oh this isn't real or this is manufactured and you know another you know i 
I think that sometimes it's hard to tell right in the moment. And so what we do is we draw from our own experiences in which, say, a lot of people like me are sort of suspect of anything that looks like revivalism or <laughs> sort of, right? I mean, cause, because <laughs> in the past, well, I've seen that not like as a, here's how you get in line mm. rather than a true unleashing of the spirit, right? But what could be yeah, going right. on there? It's a true unleashing of the spirit, but my past experience, I look at it in the lens and say, well, I'm not sure that this is real. And, um, you know, I mean, and I'm, and I'm not saying I don't think what's going on in Asbury is real. I mean, I, from everything I think, I mean, it seems like there's something really amazing going on in there. But, you know, I read something the other day that sort of like all revivals bear fruit in some way. Hmm. And the true revivals. Um, you're talking about. I, you don't need to explain it, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure others don't know either. They're just having a revival, you know, and everybody gets shaky when you put up a tent. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we watched The Greatest Showman the other night. Such a great movie. <laughs> Sorry. Tent's got my head there. What were you going to say, Tom? No, that was it. Well, you know, The Greatest Showman, there, there's, a, you know, there's this great dichotomy in which you know, these people that society considers to be freaks, Ooh. right? And and everyone, you know, people are like, you know, you know, the bearded lady has to be someone who, you know, is hidden away or whatever. And you contrast it with the people who are normal in society and they're like jerks and they're drunks and they're mean and they're not considered abnormal. The person who... Mm has the beard or abnormally tall or abnormally short or abnormally fat or whatever, like those are the freaks. But the person who is a mean drunk is normal. Um, and I think, I think it's actually a great like sort of point on, on, you know, so what does it really mean to be, you know, authentic and real and nice. So hmm. The big book on this, that book, Unchristian, I don't remember, it's like five to ten years old now, but um, Dave Kinnaman, but they said, mm -hmm. it was the book that said, uh, the pe people outside of the church view it as bigoted, homophobic, hypocritical, materialistic, judgmental, self-serving, mm -hmm. overly political. And basically, there's the church as a whole has an image problem, and it's not, and people don't care what the sign says. It just church equals those things. I think for most people outside of the church, so I think we have our work cut out for us in being vulnerable and being fearless when we engage community. And part two of that is what is is um kinnaman's research also shows that there was deep frustration <clears throat> among young people because the church didn't actually act like they believed in the things that they stated mm. like care for the poor or the resurrection or <clears throat> like um like you know prayer 
um, like, well, well, you know, why aren't y'all praying for these things if, if you believe in prayer? And so the, the other aspect of that is not just what, what do non-Christians say, but what do Christians who are forming their faith say is the church is too timid. Hmm. Right. Like, like if, if what we claim about Jesus is real, then why, why, you know, why aren't we more radical? Right. Hmm. That word timid gets me kind of like gives me the wheelies. <laughs> um, but there's just a boldness that goes past what you and I think he means by it. Um, so that's all. <laughs> um, so uh, wrapping this up, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I've been uh, playing music lately and I've met a lot of musicians in the, in the musician community and it's it's really one of the first communities I've been a part of outside of the church in a very 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 long time, um, and it's just it's and it's beautiful. It's supportive. It's kind. It's encouraging. It is just I, I really am shocked from coming from where in my old music days where it was just you know cutthroat. <laughs> And, uh, I think maturity has a lot to do with that. Um, and so, but I find it, I find it very interesting and, um, to see that in this, um, simple gathering for art, creativity, you know, um, and beauty in music and things like that. And, and, um, it's just, it's just interesting. That's all. Um, and the, the authenticity there, um, I would say is at a high level, um, and so there's a, uh, place to where, you know, I could learn, I have learned from this that could be used in a community of Christ as well, um, from that. So, but I don't know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, just kind of wanted to share that, that, the the outside world, there are places that are authentic <laughs> and loving and things like that and encouraging, which I think of the church. Um, so anything to wrap up? Ever anything to wrap up with? Hmm. Tom? No, sir. Once again, we've completely exhausted the topic and said <laughs> everything to be said about it. <laughs> um, you know, back to your original story, that is absolutely a challenging, challenging thing for that person. And, um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I can't speak to that specific uh, story that you gave of, of the, the person you knew prior to this. And so, um, but I think that as a Christian, we um, should always work towards love and empathy before, um, you know, really I have way through this call, uh, whatever conversation I thought we're talking about judgment. We're not talking about authenticity um, through this. But don't they go hand in hand? Yeah, I do. Uh, but it's just like it's like of another name kind of thing. So um, anyway, I'll let it be stand where it is. So thank you all well, for joining. Say that at the beginning. What? You should have said that at the beginning. There goes the whole dang episode. Boom. We hit it. We weren't being authentic. We were really talking about judgment. Follow the rules, punk. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at fun 
Drain Pot. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.